0: This is Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 168, recorded on Monday the 20th of February 2017 at 8.37pm. Hi again, and as usual, the Sunday show recorded on Monday because I overslept again, but I am back now. I managed to survive Valentine's Day. I hope everyone else who is single out there did as well. And that is despite going for a walk in the shopping center, in amongst the balloons, the chocolate, the schmaltz. I just managed to stand all of that and came back home intact. The other thing I've been doing is I downloaded Google Fit At last, I don't have any other device apart from my smartphone, but I am counting steps. I used it first on Sunday, and the step counter counted maybe 200 steps, which is disgraceful. Today, when I went for a walk, I managed to clock up 6,000 steps on the pedometer, so I am getting a little better. A bit disappointingly, because it uses a lot of fairly rough estimation, is that a bit earlier today, I found out that I'd burned about 1,300 calories. And as I picked up the phone, it must have decided that I've been resting too long, because that 1,300 calories zoomed down to 1,100 calories. So yes, this is the beginning of the quantified Roy. This week on TV, I watched another episode of Emerald City, so we're up to episode 2 now. And luckily, as I reported before, the show is free on 5 Star in the UK. It is a modern update of The Wizard of Oz for adults, though not the first in recent ish memory because there was The Tin Man from 2007, which was a mini series on sci fi that's pre CFI, <laughs> so S C I F I, not S Y F I back when sci-fi was pretty good, although it is turning around lately too. Yeah, I am enjoying Emerald City. This time Dorothy is a paramedic and Toto's a big German shepherd police dog. I think the show is beautiful to look at and has a very, at least to me, similar look to the Myst game franchise. It is, of course, very different from the film, but enjoyable, except for the Wicked Witch of the West. Good actress, but I've got a feeling she's wearing a terrible wig, although I can't be sure. So if I'm wrong, I apologise. But yeah, that's Emerald City 2017. And Tin Men that I mentioned earlier from 2007, still on my watch list. I will eventually get round to watching that. And telling you all about it. Though, if you're a big nerd, I'm sure you already know all about that by now. So, maybe I should save my breath. No, you know what? I'll tell you what I think of it. Otherwise, what's the point of this podcast? Okay, and technology. We reported earlier that the NES Classic Mini had been hacked so that it can play any ROM and not just the set list that comes with the machine, but it has been hacked again, and now it can run RetroArch, which is a multi-emulator Linux distro. So you can play ROMs from the Sega Mega Drive, the Game Boy, etc. And that makes it even more attractive to me. When it initially came out, I wasn't really impressed that it was tied to just a set number of games. But now it appears that you can play anything. But, stock levels. Yes, it's still unavailable in the shops. But Nintendo have confirmed just in the last day or two that they are cranking up manufacture of the consoles. So, they should start appearing once again in Tesco and Smiths. Smythe's. There's no E at the end. You know the toy shop? S-M-Y-T-H-S. That shop. So if you don't have one yet, don't panic and don't pay over the odds because we don't want to reward price gouging, do we? Okay, next. Android Nougat. I updated my Moto G third-generation smartphone from 2015 to Android Nougat. Nothing seems to have gone wrong, though it did take about two hours. The other thing that I read online since the last podcast is that apparently on certain phones you could sideload Google Assistant, which is usually only available on Google's flagship Pixel phone. Unfortunately, hours later, that was pulled from the store, so you can no longer do that. But in any case, it was pretty buggy, so no big loss. Next news is about Nokia, and it's been everywhere, so I don't think I'm telling you anything new by now. In the run-up to Mobile World Congress in Barcelona for this year, Nokia is rumoured to be announcing a refreshed version of the first Nokia without a protruding antenna, that is the Nokia 3310. It's pure nostalgia, and the original did look okay for a phone of its time, though at that time, I still had my even earlier Nokia 5110, which I had on Vodafone back in the old days. So, I never did get round to having one without an antenna, which is a pity, because guess what happened to my Nokia 5110? Yes, it dropped directly on the antenna and cracked. Apparently, the refreshed version will have a dual sim and if that does come out that would be quite tempting because a dual sim phone is always useful because then i could use something like a low-cost labara sim to make foreign calls anyway back to the 3310 the phone was legendary for being really tough to kill and having a very addictive Snake game, which is a pity because I really don't like Snake that much. You know what, and I tweeted this, and I'm sure Nokia are not listening, but if they brought that phone back with NetHack, or even better, not the 3310, but the Matrix phone. Can't remember the model number for that phone, but if that came back with NetHack, That would be the ultimate geek toy, wouldn't it? Uh, Oh well. Anyway, post-Microsoft, the Nokia 3 and 5 are also phones that will be announced at MWC. And they all seem like good-looking, Nokia-branded but not built Android smartphones. They're actually made by HMD Global, a Finnish company, and manufactured by Foxconn in Taiwan. So I don't know about HMD Global, but I know about Nokia, and we all know about Foxconn, who also, of course, make iPads and a lot of stuff for Apple. And there is already on the market, actually, the Nokia 6, which was announced back in... January so much for Nokia giving up the mobile phone market then but back to Foxconn you know what Foxconn also make iPhones so isn't it about time Foxconn realized its brand is perhaps wrong and started making Foxconn branded devices and when I thought that Of course, the first thing I did was Google, and they actually do make their own devices. And they have done for years, because I found an article at Android Authority, dated back from 2014, and there was a phone call the InFocus. So, who knows? Sometimes I wonder if companies like Foxconn, who obviously know what they're doing, and they can make great devices. Perhaps feel that they're better at making other people's devices, but I think maybe it's just a thing about confidence. And I think we're going to be seeing many, many more manufacturers who are responsible for the things that we see branded in the West as completely other devices, but in actual fact contain most parts from the Far East, but I think they'll start working on their own designs in the same way that Lenovo have done when they took over the IBM ThinkPad business They have subtly changed things, some say for the worse, but arguably for the better as well, in the ThinkPad line. And also, that's influenced their own devices. The next thing, MWC-17, Mobile World Congress held in Barcelona from the 27th of February to the 2nd of March 2017. That's coming up. I would say expect more tech news in next week's show, but I'm not sure yet how much I want to do that. But for now, here's a few things to look out for. Of course, some phones. It is Mobile World Congress, so big whoop. I think, though, unless you are an active member of the tech press, And even if you are, good phones have become so ubiquitous that, you know, well, now, even I've become a bit blasé about the whole thing. Which is why stories like the return of the Nokia 3310 stand out from the crowd and has been so widely reported, which makes you think that maybe it's just lucky happenstance, but perhaps... It's a very clever, but very expensive marketing ploy by Nokia. Who knows? It has got them into the news in a big way, though. But back to MWC. the only thing that kind of stands out for me is the whole mess of 5G, with its total lack of consensus, which I'm sure will be a hot topic in MWC. I've actually written down in my notes, yawn. Yeah, I'm finding it very hard to get motivated about those things. Next, U.S. government science agencies rebel. Okay, since the reign, oh sorry, presidency of Donald Trump, various government science agencies in the U.S. fearing government interference with their work and loss of scientific data, or at least The hiding of scientific data have created unofficial anonymous Twitter accounts as an act of resistance against Trump's administration. I have followed quite a few of these accounts. They usually prefix or suffix their accounts with the words rogue or, a bit cheekily, alt. (laughs) That must really get the president's goat. If you go to the almost certainly Faraday account at rogue POTUS staff who purport to be the White House staff and look at the list of accounts being followed, you'll find many of the rogue agency accounts there. As to whether they are verifiable or not, I'm not sure. But some of them... Have many, many followers. I know that's not the only thing you can go on to verify a Twitter account, but if someone's got two followers and the other one's got 30,000 followers, I'm guessing the one with more followers is more likely to be genuine. I know that the rogue NASA account is actually, I think, no longer run directly by NASA personnel for fear of dismissal, but many of the others could very well be legitimate. It's a bit cloak and dagger, so pinch of salt, whatever, but if at least some of them are real, then good. Okay, next, India on the moon. And we just recently talked about China's ongoing and ambitious space program, and now we've got a little thing on India here. There's a video of a very cute robot built by Indian private consortium Team Indus, who are taking part in Google's Lunar X Prize competition and are also building a spacecraft to take their robot to the moon. The prize money is actually a lot less than the money required for the project's budget, but I suppose. There is a lot of national prestige involved. One of the perhaps a raison d'etre for going to the moon again is to get the ball rolling, or at least fire up some global enthusiasm for the no, not colonization, but helium 3 surface mining. And if that seems familiar, Well, it should, because it was the backdrop for the plot of Moon, the film back in 2009. So, Helium 3, what the hell is it? I hear you ask. Well, I'm glad you asked, because here is what our own space agency say. So, this is from the European Space Agency website. Unlike Earth, which is protected by its magnetic field, the Moon has been bombarded with large quantities of helium-3 by the solar wind. It is thought that this isotope could provide safer nuclear energy in a fusion reactor, since it is not radioactive and would not produce dangerous waste products. I've put the link to the robot, the team in site, and the ESA site explaining Helium-3 in the show notes, so have a look if you are interested. But, of course, I am extremely enthusiastic about the ongoing space program, and I'm always happy to hear things progressing in that sphere. And that looks just about it for today. Thanks for listening. If you want to contact me, just go to the website, roymathur.com, roymathur.com. I'm also on Twitter, at roymathur, at roymathur. There's a hashtag for the podcast, which is hashtag Roy'sRocketRadio. Please review in iTunes. Okay, and that is it. This was episode 168 of Roy's Rocket Radio, recorded on Monday the 20th of February 2017. And the time at the end of the show is ten minutes past nine in the evening. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Bye!